Thank you for joining us, all of you who are listening to Insight. My name is Chuck Nice, and of course, you heard from the very well-produced introduction uh, that this is a special live Star Talk radio episode featuring Bill Nye, the science guy. And it's all about Bill today, being, because Bill has a documentary that is coming to theaters. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's called Bill Nye, colon, Science guy, and by colon I mean the two dots that come after his name, not Bill Nye colon, as in that place that's a way station for your waste. Uh, science guy, and um, it's um, it's really about Bill's transition from an educator uh, extraordinaire to a climate activist extraordinaire and uh, we are waiting for Bill right now to come into the studio because he is uh, throughout the building today doing different interviews so it's kind of Bill Nye day here at Sirius you may hear him on other uh, channels but you will hear him uh, for an entire hour today we will be taking your calls and the number is 877 974-7487. So if you want to ask Bill about the universe, if you'd like to ask him about climate change in um, uh, specifically, which would probably be uh, the best questions to ask right now, or if you just want to ask him about his life or just call up and let me just do it for you now. Bill, 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 Bill. Okay, did we get that out of the way? Are we all good with that? Okay, so please do not call in here and go, Bill, 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 because I've already done it, all right? I've already stepped on your toes. You can't do that joke, all right? But if you want to do a joke, that's fine. So in the meantime, uh, just want to let you know a couple things. Um, when we say a special live Star Talk Radio, it's because Star Talk Radio Live is what we do uh, with Eugene Meerman in theaters. So look for that in a city coming to you at some point in some theater in some city that may be near you. And of course, Star Talk Radio is the umbrella under which we have Star Talk All Stars and Star Talk Playing with Science, which is a sports and science mashup show. And everything that you want and need from Star Talk can be found on StarTalkAllAccess.com. And right now, without further ado, as I promised you, none other than the one, the only, the inimitable. Mr. Bill Nye. Bill, how are you? <laughs> Fabulous, Chuck. So good to see you. <laughs> it's been a little while, man. How it has been? been a while. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to you, too. It's Bill Nye Day here at Sirius Satellite Bill Radio. Bill Nye Day. Yes, it is. That's worthy. That's what we're talking about right there. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. So I want to talk, of course, right away, and I see already people are- You want to talk I on the radio? I want to talk on the radio with you. And is, is that a novel idea? No, no. It's been done. It's been <laughs> but lead on. I, I want to talk about uh, the documentary, of course. Can you give us some insights here on Sirius Insight so, about your documentary? So I signed a contract. I have no creative control. Get out. That and is so unlike you, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I, they followed me around for two years. Nice. Uh, that's you. They followed me around for two years. <laughs> and they, you know, there was some good moments and some uh, moments that make me squirm. Really? Yes. Can I have one of those moments? Just, well, I mean, not, not, I don't want to, I don't want to spoiler alert, but just maybe a, well, the, when the they're asking of... me about uh, my family and uh, 
whether or not I had children uh, and why I didn't have children. The and personal so stuff. The personal stuff. The personal Very stuff. Very troubling yeah, well, for not, me. Well, listen, a lot of people don't know this about you, but you are a very, you are a family guy in terms of you are passionate about your parents, their service to this nation, yes. the type of people that they were as educators, yes. the impact that they had on your life. Yes. I mean, these are things that I just know about you personally. Yes. <laughs> And it's in there. What it's, am I supposed? Yeah, it's all exactly. in there. <laughs> well, but I mean, a lot of it's in there. And right. so, uh, along with my um, interactions, can we say interactions on mm-hmm. the radio? So with uh, you know cre- creationists, climate change deniers, and so on. Right. So let's talk about that for a quick second, because everyone who knows you, including my own son, who is eleven years old. Who uh, uh, I was eleven for a while. For a while, I feel his pain. For you were eleven for about what ten months? Yeah, it was longer than that. Okay, <laughs> I had to think. Yeah, it was yeah, a little exactly. longer than that. I have to check. But here's the thing: it's so funny that um, they play your Bill Nye the Science Guy in schools today. Yes, and kids love it. You have an ability to connect and really excite. I love you, man. Bring it on, Chuck. Yes. Well, I put my heart and soul into that thing. You and, did. And it wasn't just me. You know, when you see the movie, you'll see Jim and Aaron are in there, the other the co-creators. Okay. But we had a fantastic crew that worked really hard, and we did this we did this show in a warehouse in Seattle, and right. I don't think any of us thought it would be this big a deal and have these kind of legs. Yeah, that man. Your kids are watching it 20 years later. 20 years later, my children are watching you in school. And it's by crazy. the way- with the same effect, being excited about science. Passion, science, science. So anyway, um, tell me how you go from Bill Nye, the science guy, where you walk down the street, and I've seen this happen. We were walking down the street, and people were like, Bill, 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 Bill. And I'm like, Jesus, that's got to really... <laughs> I mean, seriously. No, no. That's got to get old. Well, the, well, it's got to get old. Well... What you want is to interact with people uh, human to human. But right. if if all somebody wants is to um, shout your, or if they want something from you, like they, downstairs today, somebody wanted an autograph on a picture that he had printed, and but the reason he wants it is to sell it on the electric internet. <laughs> and so, uh, okay, you know, am I a commodity or a colleague? And it's all good. I mean, this is how you. This is your bread and butter. It's man. your bread and butter. Yeah. All right. So how do you go from this great educator, which you still are, and um, transition into what, what I know now is your passion, which is climate change, um, uh, climate instability, we should call it really, and uh, climate deniers, um, and educating the masses on, can we call it imminent danger? Is it truly imminent danger? Well, that's the, the problem. The uh-huh. feature of climate change is it's happening in slow motion. Okay. So you, over the course of 20, 30, 50 years, it's just a little longer than you can get your head around. But yeah, so we had, I mean, it's only October. We got another month anyway, at least. We had these catastrophic storms, very expensive. Yeah. Puerto Rico is a mess. Uh, Houston is badly damaged. Yes. Uh, and so Pensacola, Florida, these places. And so these are all going to cost money. <clears throat> and you can't tie any single one, any single weather event to climate change. But the big picture is we expect with the warmer ocean to have stronger storms. And that's what we've got. And so um, 
Uh, we also expect higher snowfalls in some places because the ocean's warmer, so more water evaporates in the nominally cold years, cold uh, time of year, rather, right. cold seasons. And so these are all things that you'd expect from the electric computer models that climate scientists write. And the striking thing, you'll, if you watch, I hope everybody watches the film at least once. You know, you can go back and see it a couple times. Right. You know, buy a ticket each time. I'm here for you, man. <laughs> no, um, uh, there's a guy in the film, Joe Bastardi, who's a meteorologist, and he's a conservative uh, commentator. He goes on conservative television and radio and and says climate change isn't an issue. Don't worry about it. It's a small effect. Okay. But he apparently uh, missed a, a huge... Thing when he was in school, and by that I mean I'm talking about the greenhouse effect. Uh -huh. Carbon dioxide is a tiny fraction of the Earth's atmosphere. Okay. Uh, nowadays, 0.04 percent. 0.04 percent, which is the same as 400 parts per million. Okay. People talk about parts per million. It used to be 300. Anyway, he apparently listening to him talk. Uh, believes that because it's a small fraction, this tiny fraction, less than half a percent, uh, rather uh, less than half of a tenth of a percent. Right. He thinks that because it's a small fraction, it would have a small effect. But we all eat food, and that comes from green plants, which depend on carbon dioxide. Correct. And so uh, without carbon dioxide, the world would be about 30 degrees Celsius colder, which is the difference between liquid ocean and, and frozen, frozen ocean. ocean. Yeah. Right. So it's a, it's a huge thing that apparently he missed. It's fascinating. So uh, his degree in meteorology, and he kind of missed this. <laughs> he missed this in school. Whereas, you know, the strongest greenhouse gas is water vapor, right. to be sure. Uh, but carbon dioxide is right now, for us humans, the most important one. Because mm -hmm. we're pumping it out and warming the world at an extraordinary rate. The speed, the speed at which we're warming the world is the problem. So now, speed. One, of, one of the things, and I, you know, listen, uh, guys, for those of you who are uh, on the phone, please hold. I see that. Uh, oh, it's lighting up. Lighting up. We've we've got lines lighting up, and we're going to get They're to blinking. We're going to get to every one of your calls. So, uh, but I just want to establish a couple things with Bill. One of which is um, the measurement of greenhouse gases in the air, uh, in the atmosphere. Um, people are like, well, how do we know? You know, how do we know that there's so much more of this so-called gas in the air? I mean, seriously, if you're so smart, how do we know? So go ahead, how do we know? Well, uh, what you do is the traditional way you can, nowadays there's means to detect carbon dioxide directly with uh, infrared light, so you beam it through the air, and carbon dioxide it gets uh, resonates, vibrates mm -hmm. at a certain frequency, and you detect the you fraction. You just detect the fraction right but there, the, yeah, directly. But you can for you go to a company that that liquefies air, mm -hmm. which is very common. Liquid nitrogen is the, I believe, is the most common industrial chemical. Uh, liquid nitrogen. It might be ammonia, but anyway, it's it's very common. It's cheaper than gasoline. Because they take air and freeze it, and it turns to, or get it very cold rather, and it turns to a liquid, and then you can, it becomes a parfait, and you can see where the how much carbon dioxide. Yeah. Is there. This is not uh, rocket, not rocket surgery, but it, it is science. <laughs> right. It is uh, technology. It's complicated, but we understand it very well. Okay, so now that brings me to the next question. Okay, and then I'm going to get out of the way and start uh, letting other people ask you questions, but I think it's important. 
So now that's how we know what's in the air. How do we know that there's so much more of this in the air? Oh, oh, oh. So watch the film, everybody. Bill Nye, Science Guy. It's at the Sunset Landmark Theater this weekend here in New York, New York. The town's so nice. They named it twice. So um, what is a very uh, compelling way to measure the composition of the ancient atmosphere is to go to the ice. Uh-huh. So people go by people, scientists, climate scientists, <clears throat> go to the ice in Antarctica and Greenland. Uh, sometimes, I guess, Siberia. Okay. Drill down, down, down through the ice and you, with a hollow drill bit. Mm. And by hollow, it's the diameter of, um, of a saucepan lid. Okay. I guess it's um, 20 centimeters in diameter. And you pull up a cylinder of ice, mm-hmm. a big... A big tube. Ice stick. Ice stick. Well, not tube. Well, no, tube would be empty. So it's a solid cylinder of ice. Solid cylinder of ice. And you... It's very straightforward, especially if you you get your head just right and look at it carefully. You can see the layers of snow. And they're just like tree rings or analogous to tree rings. Mm -hmm. Every year it snows, uh, you get a layer. Every... um, Every season, there's layers, and you can count the layers, and they've counted back now 650,000 years or so. Okay. And then when you find that layer of ice, 650,000 layers down, you know that that was ice from 650,000 years ago. And they, even when it's frozen, as you, if when you watch the movie, Jim White from University of Colorado explains, even when it's frozen, it's 10% air. Uh-huh. So you can carefully... Analyze that uh, either by shaving it or melting it and assaying, as they say, keeping track of the gas, and you can determine the composition of the ancient atmosphere. And the, look, everybody, what would you be doing right now if you weren't listening to Star Talk? You'd be watching CSI Poughkeepsie. Do they have that? Uh, yeah, it comes on right after Law and Order Elevator Unit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, there's a lot of CSIs, and that's a show based on science based on inferring what happened at a crime scene on based on evidence. Right. So uh, this is the same kind of thing. When you find the, the bubbles of atmosphere in the ancient ice, you're looking at the ancient atmosphere. There's nobody running around in Greenland with a hypodermic needle a mile under the surface squirting bubbles into ice. And it's not, I mean, this is it. When you find these bubbles, these chemicals, that is the composition of the ancient snow and the ancient atmosphere. The ancient, the atmosphere gets trapped between tines of snowflakes. Mm-hmm. And then as it gets crushed down, the, the air literally dissolves into the solid ice. It's fabulous. You know, as uh, this Danish uh, professor acquaintance of mine says, uh, when you're standing on the ice, you're standing on a mineral near its melting point. Ice is a mineral. It's a very cool that way is, of thinking about it. That is a very cool way yeah, of thinking yeah. about it. Because you think of minerals, you think of rocks. Yes, and it's going way down deep yeah, yeah. and drilling but them. He's right. It's a mineral. That's When it's at you know, minus 20 Celsius, it's pretty close to its melting point of zero Celsius. Sweet. All right, man. So it sounds to me like this is uh, pretty much science uh, that's settled. It doesn't well, it's se- settled in the scientific community. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then, uh, uh, you know, then, then, then let's explore whether or not it's settled with our callers. Why don't we uh, go to the phone and take Skyler, who is calling from San Francisco. Skyler, how's it going? I'm doing great. Thank you for taking my call. 
and Mr. Nye, it's a pleasure to speak to you. <clears throat> uh, greetings. Are you a member of the Planetary Society? Is that what I'm seeing uh, there? I'm the honorary member of uh, Planetary Society. I visited it um, last month in doing research for uh, a science fiction novel that I'm writing. Oh, good. Um, and uh, your work with the uh, solar sails and uh, was very uh, important to me because uh, in my book I you know, used those. And I wanted brains bigger than mine to explain it to me. And they were so fabulous with showing me the models of uh, stars or um, uh, your model. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I forgot. Uh, light sail. Light one. sail, yeah, light sail. Um, and so uh, a solar sail, everybody, is a spacecraft with a big shiny sheet. That's so low mass, Chuck. Yes. How low mass is it? Uh, <laughs> it's so low mass that sunlight gives it a push. And you say, well, light has no mass. How can it have any momentum? It does. Light is pure energy, and it uh, has momentum. And this is a consequence either of classical physics, pointing vectors and so on, or relativity. You get the same answer. So this is these ideas have been around about making solar sail spacecraft for decades. Yeah. And the Planetary uh, Japanese Aerospace Exploration Agency, JAXA, did it. And now the Planetary Society has done it, just citizen-funded spacecraft. Very cool. Mm -hmm. And Skylar came to the Planetary Society out in Pasadena, and you had a great time. Yes? I, I lost you there. Uh, you had a great time at the Planetary Society. Oh, I had a fabulous time. I was given a wonderful tour, including uh, getting a... A wonderful look at your office, which I, I thought the best thing there was the uh, large monitor um, showing the, uh, uh, the cameras on the space station. station. Yeah, yeah. Cameras on the. Do you have a question, yeah. Skyler? Do you have so, Skyler, I hate to, uh, I hate to uh, move you along. Well, actually, it wasn't a question. I really wanted to thank you and uh, your team for the fabulous work that you do and uh, for. Uh, allowing me the pleasure of uh, picking your guys' brain. You guys are fabulous. Thank, uh, you. thank you, Skyler. Carry on. Thank you for uh, you. Uh, your uh, support of the Planetary Society. All right, let us, uh, hey, Mark, uh, Mark actually has a question. Mark is calling us from Fredericksburg, Virginia. Mark, how are you this afternoon? Say hello to Bill Nye. Great. Hi, Bill. I've always wondered uh, about the rotation of the moon causing it to always show us its same surface, that if it rotated at a different speed, we would have uh, uh, deduced that we were a globe uh, thousands of years earlier than maybe we ended up agreeing. I was wondering, is the rotation slowing down, speeding up? Uh, will uh, a million years we see different parts of the moon from the Earth? Well, you're taking my word for it, but first of all, the moon and the Earth are what they call in gravitational lock. So the moon rotates one time for every single time it goes around the Earth, but it wobbles a little. So we actually see 10%, uh, 15% more of the, this side of the moon than the far side. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting little thing. And the moon is moving away from the Earth. It's not spiraling in. It's spiraling away. 
So in the coming millennia, you would expect uh, to have it smaller in the sky. Oh. But there's no hurry on this. Uh, it won't change much in our lifetime. And by the way, or BT dubs, as, BT the, dub. kids, BT dubs. as the kids say. Oh. The ancient Greeks knew that the earth was round because they saw the shadow of the earth on the moon during... Uh, and a lunar yeah, eclipse. lunar eclipse. And so they inferred, they realized that the only shape that always makes a curved shadow is a ball. So the ancient Greeks did not have any flat earth notion that's wow. unique to the last couple months. It's so, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's a, a, kind of a new development. And uh, what, what do you think about that? Where does hey, that come Hey, flat earth guy. Yeah. Go to the edge and take a picture. And send it, back, send it, put it on the electric internet. Right. We'll all see you're the edge of your flat earth. Dude, it's a ball. Stop You've it. got pictures. Right. Get over it. Get over it. Which versus you can go any direction on a ball and not fall off. That's the nature of balls. Which, uh, yes, uh, yes. And I love the way you phrased it too. Uh, let me, look, before you say anything, wait, uh, because Bill brought up flat earth and you do something on your show that was. For me, the best um, ex uh, example of why the Earth is round ever. You took a small mechanical boat on a track. H.O. Uh, Railroad track. H.O. Railroad. Put a boat on you it. You put a boat on it. And then you showed it going over the horizon. And we had a curved track. A curved track. Curved, uh, uh, con concave down. That is right. to say, uh, the middle was a hill. Right. And it mimicked the sunset perfectly, or a boat going over the horizon perfectly. Yeah, yeah. So this is the when I was brought up with this myth that's it's very reasonable. Columbus and his contemporaries observed ships going over the horizon and disappearing and coming back, and he realized it must be a ball. Right. They didn't really, apparently, didn't really have a handle on gravity and why it was uh, possible, but uh, the. The ocean and the air and you and I and the ships are all held on the Earth's surface by gravity. That the air and the ocean is held on by gravity is kind of a step in thought. Yeah. But there it is. That's it. Here we are. Hey, Mark, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for calling me. Uh, did uh, Joe actually, Joe Barscotti, is that his name, did he actually make a prediction that the coastal weather was going to be getting so much worse that insurance companies stopped selling policies? Joe Bastardi? Uh, I don't think he made that prediction, no, but uh, I'm not sure. But Joe Bastardi um, uh, would not take the following two bets. I offered him $10,000 at a giant check printed at a company. I don't, I don't get any kickbacks. It's, I think it's called BigCheck.com. BigCheck.com. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, For all your big check needs. And they people have big check needs. That's anyway, right. I offered him $10,000 that 2016 would be the hottest year on record. And that the decade 2010-2020 would be the hottest decade so far. He would not take, either, take bet. either bet. And then he came back um, with this very complex thing about one and a half degrees if there's an R in the month or something. I, it, a very, it was, due respect to Mr. Bastardi, it was confusing counterproposal that I would, had nothing to do with my first two offers. Anyway, neither he nor Mark Morano would take these bets. So I was willing to spend $40,000 of my own money with these guys, but neither of them would take either bet. Very reasonable that 2017 will not quite be as warm as 2016 because the El Nino 
the warming water, the warm water in the Pacific is not as warm as it as this year as it was last year. However, there's so much carbon dioxide being put in the atmosphere so fast. 2017 may still be 2016. Oh, it's exciting! It is in a grim, creepy way. Looks like we got a little horse race happening. Mm. All right, okay, horse race, horse race of death. (laughs) I love it. Hey, let's move on. Hey, Mark, thanks again, and uh, William, right here uh, in the state of New York or the city of New York, because it just says New York. uh, Got a little question about quantum science. William, say hello to Bill. Or not, William, or not. It's okay. William, are you out there? He's trying to unmute his phone. He's working fast. It's it's all right. All right, so don't worry about William. Let's uh, let's drop down to Troy, or Tony in Queens, which definitely must be here in New York City. And he has a question about, um, uh, what does that say? An article about volcanic, volcanic eruptions. eruptions. Who doesn't Thank love you. volcanic eruptions? Thank you very eruptions? much for taking my call, Bill. It's a pleasure talking with, with you and Chuck Nice. And yes, my question is regarding that article um, from the Edinburgh University. Um, it's being called the largest volcanic region below the Arctic uh, ice sheet. Mm-hmm. I would like to know uh, what's your take. Uh, how does this factor into climate change? Bill, before you say anything, let me just tell you, Tony, that uh, with your accent, the way you say ice sheet is my favorite phrase in the world now. Thank you. Go ahead. <laughs> in the world. And Chuck's got a lot of phrases a, that God. he really likes. I can tell you from experience. But uh, so if there's, uh, there's a volcano under the ice, it, it would you would presume that it would uh, warm. They said there are many. They're yeah, the, yeah. The Volcan- let's call it volcanism. Uh, nice correction. Thank you. Under the ice, uh, that would make uh, the ice sheet m- slide down faster because it would make uh, the bottom of the ice, ice either ice sheet either soft or li- even liquid, uh, liquid water. And that would accelerate the ice sliding off the Antarctic into the ocean, which would exacerbate sea level rise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, it's another amazing, fascinating thing that we discover by sending scientists to Antarctica. And this is a perfect analog for me why you want to one day send scientists to Mars because they make discoveries by being there that you don't make otherwise. And I'm sure that this discovery has been backed up by satellites, by space assets, and the same will be true on Mars. So okay. uh, having the ice sheet slide into the ocean is, is going to raise sea levels, and uh, we have Miami, Pensacola, Galveston, Houston – here in the United States, let alone all the developing world countries where the seaports are much more vulnerable. Right. <laughs> it's it's, I love this. Fun. I mean, seriously, this is almost as good as a bedtime story, which I, we should tell to my kids. Uh, hey, Tony, thanks a lot, man. And uh, um, keep saying ice sheets, please. Uh, you're listening to a So lo- the difference uh, between an ice sheet and a glacier, if yes. you're scoring along with us. Let's go ahead. Generally, an ice sheet is sliding on ice. So it's uh, ice is sliding on water. Whereas a glacier is generally ice sliding on rocks, Land, on right. soil. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Cool. Generally. Um, this is a special live Star Talk Radio with Bill Nye here on Sirius Insight, Channel 121. If you'd like to call in, because we are live, we are taking your calls at 877-974-7487. And we have none other than the man himself, Bill Nye, the science guy! <laughs> Right here Thank in studio. Chuck. I love you, man. Thank you, Chuck! <laughs> 
Hey, uh, I'm going to go ahead, and David from California says he has a question about GMOs. Now, David, I'm going to preface your question by saying this. Anybody who's calling in to ask Bill whether or not he is on Monsanto's payroll or whether or not he is receiving any money from third-party outside sources to say anything about GMOs, I can tell you right now I've already asked him that, and the answer is no. And then I'll let Bill tell you how he came to uh, his conclusions about GMOs. Well, before we start, what is David's question? Yes, I'm just saying. I'm prefacing <laughs> that, but I'm going to let you take it from there, David. Hey, how's it going, you guys? Thank you so much for talking with me. Of course. Um, so my only question is, uh, I'm not sure if Bill is familiar with methyl bromide. <laughs> I mean, but, for uh, detecting for, carbon dioxide? Um. I know it's like a it's a huge ingredient in fungicides. And oh, that could be yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So fungicides, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just want to be an inspiring uh, farmer, okay. and uh, I know that majority of the big agriculture fields that have GMO crops are usually Roundup ready. That was a big. And, that was a breakthrough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my only question is like I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, Dr. Paul statements. So what's your question? Yeah. Yeah, I just don't understand how you can be a proponent of GMOs when usually those are just able, like, the only reason those are around is to spray more chemicals into the soil. So you're, are, you saying, are you saying that methyl bromide is bad for the ecology because it's a fumigation um, uh, agent that they use? And, and is, is that what you're saying? Yeah, and it destroys the ozone layer, which ultimately right. is, like, so, attributes to climate change. So you're a farmer, and it's all about money. Uh, kind of. It's more about feeding people. But. Well, okay, but you can't do it. You can't do it and lose money every season, right? No, but you so, can harvest seeds from your own plants, and you don't actually. Okay. All right, so please let Bill finish. So, okay, so, so it's all good. Sorry. So, uh, my experience with this is ge- ge- genetically modified crops are a tool that many farmers embrace, and the breakthrough or the whole thing started with cotton. They found a way to put a gene in the cotton that boll weevils could not tolerate. And so the cotton plants thrived instead of being denuded by boll weevils. Corn and soybeans, uh, corn was attacked by the European corn borer, an an invasive species that came, they believe, to the U.S. on the straws of brooms for sweeping the floor. And uh, so they found the... uh, the seed companies found a way to put the Bacillus thuringiensis gene mm. in the corn so that uh, instead of spraying it on, many organic farmers use BT spray. Uh, this, this bacterium, uh, when, if a corn borer eat it, eats it, it causes the corn, I believe the corn protein, uh, to form a crystal in the tummy of the caterpillar, and the caterpillar can't live there. So... Uh, They put this in the corn and it uh, revolutionized the industry because they were able then also, after this technology was developed, instead of um, spraying for weeds, they could use glyphosate, which goes by the brand name of Roundup. Mm -hmm. And glyphosate is unique in that it breaks down in six weeks. Many other pesticides, or herbicides rather, stick around for much longer than that. So uh, GMOs are not... The silver bullet, they will not answer all problems, but many farmers have had success 
with the putting the BT gene in the plant rather than spraying it on. Uh, so nobody wants to overuse pesticides for two reasons. First of all, as you point out, it's potentially very bad for us, mm-hmm. for the environment. The other thing, it costs money. The more you spray, the more money the more you're money spending. Yeah. And, and, and now, one last thing uh, that he made an, um, David made a comment about. Yes. Farmers in uh, in large scale farms, uh, farms of all sizes, prefer to get the latest seed. They want the the newest seed. Because people are working very hard to develop more palatable, more nutritious crops. Okay. Where you, I mean, just anecdotally, I remember as a kid how far apart corn stalks could be planted compared with how far apart they could be planted now. Right. And they're much closer together than they used to be because of advances in breeding and this uh, genetic modification technology. So my experience is farmers want the newest seed, keeping last year's Seed actually makes you fall behind. Uh, you, you're less competitive with other farmers. Two more things to keep in mind. Farming is not really natural. If you stop farming, the forest or whatever it is, just med- the wild. prairie takes over. Yeah, it just goes crazy. We have 7.4 billion people in the world. Pretty soon we're going to have 9, 10, and 11, uh, 10 billion people in the world. They're all going to want to eat something. Not if I have anything to do with it. I'm talking to you, little rocket man. All right, uh, sorry. Uh, thank you, Chuck. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Chuck, I didn't. So these things are all important to keep in mind. Now, if, as I say all the time, if consumers want organic products, right. then that will be uh, the free market. The market will take care of that. People, farmers will raise organic crops instead of some other style of crop, and they will be prosperous. So you know, as we did the Netflix show, Bill Nye Saves the World, we had... A woman who's been, a, she says she's a ninth generation farmer from Iowa. Okay. The Rob Fraley, who won the World Food Prize for putting the um, gene in cotton that enabled bow weevils to not eat it, uh, not destroy it. And we had the guy from the Department of Agriculture who studies the economics of genetically modified crops versus standard or old style crops. And he said, the guy from the department said, it's not that much of an advantage. Like, it's a push. It's a farmer's choice whether to go this way or that way. But the future is going to be more food for more people. You, David the farmer, make the decisions that uh, you feel best about. All right, David, uh, we're up against a break, but uh, did that sufficiently answer your question? I don't, I don't want to steamroll you here. I just want to make sure that we have a real discourse. What's happening? Yeah, it just remotely answered it, um, but I know you guys are on a timeline, so I'll let and, you guys go. Well, we appreciate your patience, and hopefully we'll get a chance to do this again, and maybe you guys can talk some more. Carry well, on. Carry on. So what we're going to do right now is take a very brief uh, break, and uh, remember, this is a special live Star Talk Radio with none other than Bill Nye, wow. and uh, we are taking your Bill, call. Bill, Bill, Bill. We are taking your calls at 877-794-7487. We'll be back very shortly.
I'm Chuck Nice, and I'm sitting here with none other than Bill Nye. Uh, yes, I am here with Chuck. Yeah. I am he. I am Bill. <laughs> Call us. Uh, you are 877-974-7487. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Operators are now on duty, ready to accept your call, even and, at this time of the afternoon. And this is weird for you, because normally you're the guy who, you've done radio for God knows how long. Uh, well, you, I shouldn't say several it like decades. That. Several decades, yeah. you know. But uh, it's kind of cool that uh, I'm sitting here doing radio actual live radio with Bill. I love Nye. radio. The most visual medium. <laughs> Look at that rocket. Shh. <laughs> Here comes a steamboat. <laughs> How about that? So for those of you speaking of visual mediums, uh, Bill just got sexy for us. Took off the bow tie and the jacket. And so... Uh, We're stopping there, though, Chuck. Uh, just some information. I'm so yeah. damn disappointed. No, now. you're not. Lead on. <laughs> let's take a question. Yeah, let's lead on. Because for, for those of you who are listening on Facebook Live and watching us on Facebook Live, we say hello, and uh, I'm actually going to take a Facebook Live question. Um, this is from Skipper Coates, who says, Hello, Bill. I'm a science educator. In your opinion, would you like to see teachers focusing on teaching the facts of climate instability, or should we shift our focus to engineering solutions. Oh, that's interesting because our current Secretary of State believes that we'll engineer our way out of this problem. So that's uh, a great question. Uh, so what we want to do is, as I like to say, everything all at once. So we want Ooh. to reduce emissions and develop new technologies. Now keep in mind, everyone, uh, that uh, e even if you're a vegetarian, I, I got it, but you're familiar with this phenomenon. There's a roast in the oven, and you turn the oven off. The roast continues to cook for a while. The heat continues to move from the outside to the inside, uh, spreading inward. And so there's a certain amount of climate uh, of warming that's, as we say, baked in, uh, we, irreversible into the atmosphere right now. So what we want to do is reduce our emissions to slow that, and then we want to develop new technologies to uh, to provide three things: clean water, renewably produced, reliable electricity, and then access to the internet or whatever the internet comes to be called in the right. coming decades. Right. With those three things, we could save the world for humankind. You know, the Earth's going to be here no matter what we do. We, I want to save it for me. <laughs> I like your plan, Bill. I like. So your plan. Uh, we want to teach both. Uh, in school, we want to teach why climate change is happening, the greenhouse effect, and humans' uh, proclivities for burning fossil fuels, and the chemist a little bit of the chemistry of carbon. It's buried. We're going to unbury it, combine it with oxygen, make carbon dioxide, which makes the world warm. And then we want to talk about the engineering solutions, which involve wind, solar, solar energy, a little bit of geothermal energy, a little bit of tidal energy. With those things, we could change the world. Don't shut down existing nuclear plants. Mm -hmm. And for the nuclear people, proponents, I'm open-minded, of course. But just getting a nuclear plant license takes 15 or 20 years. People just don't want it, whether right. it's great or not. It doesn't make it's a difference. A, it's, people, well, it's, it's uphill. It's, it's a, just yeah. a hard thing to get done. For, and, for, and for some communities, it's just a political poison pill, so forget it. Yes, yeah. yes. All right, let's move on to, uh, I have to ask this question from uh, Facebook Live, uh, and this is Mark Ostrom, who says this. So, Bill, what happened after you walked into that elevator full of party girls? Uh, <laughs> nothing. 
So for those of you who didn't see this video on the electric internet. <laughs> it's awesome. The, the, I was in Las Vegas doing Life is Beautiful, which is a, a concert. Uh, in fact, it was a week before the, the, the shooting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Uh, that aside, the elevator door opened and there were four women dancing. I think the modern verb is twerking. Is that is that kind a of, verb? Yeah, yeah, that'll work. Now, I, as you know, am not a woman, and I'm not young anymore. But young you do at, twerk very heart. often. I'm young at heart. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure what the motive was. So their face, their backs are to the elevator doors. Right. Doors open. Four women in, I won't say matching, but thematically similar swimsuits, <laughs> black and white swimsuits, and then they realized it was Uncle Bill. <laughs> And they, they sort of stopped in their tracks. But I, I'm just not clear on what the activity they were involved in was to start with. So yeah. they're watching themselves in the reflective yes, surface. Yes, that's what of they're the, doing. They're watching themselves, recording themselves, themselves on their in electric the mirror. phone. Right. But are they? But, are we aware that in a Las Vegas elevator, virtually any modern elevator, there's a camera, camera. watching you anyway. Yes. So there's some person there in the security camera department. Monitoring. Stro stroking his or her chin. Uh, or, so anyway, yes, is that what we're calling it now? Well, somebody was wondering what. Maybe it's common. I was unfamiliar with this activity, but I, 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 my relationship to these ladies, I believe, would be avuncular. Okay, having I, the characteristics that, of or pertaining. That to, may be your relationship to them, but their relationship to you was not, and they knew exactly who you were, and they were like, "Oh my god!" And so I just. You know, I said, greetings, ladies. Uh, carry on. Yeah. Uh, enjoy your time here. Uh, it looks like you're headed to the pool. Uh, Have great. a lovely uh, afternoon. So, Fantastic. Uh, not much happened beyond that. Fantastic. But it was fascinating to me that everybody, I was in Australia, and newscasters asked me about this video in a few oh, seconds of video. I know, viral. I know. It, yeah, it but it wasn't did. any doing of mine, people. I just okay. played the I just the door opened, I played the hand I was dealt, I pushed my floor button and encouraged them to uh to continue carry, carry on. on. Carry on. All right, fantastic. So listen, let me just let you guys know. So Eric and Will and Rob, uh we're gonna get to you and Lupe, hopefully we'll get to you and Mike as well. Uh but first I'm going to fake a break here, people. All right, because we have uh, to rebroadcast this someplace else called the interwebs, as Bill says. So we will be returning in just one second. Stay tuned. More of Bill Nye when we return. <laughs> and that was it. See that? that did, wasn't that great the way we did that? It was uh, as if by magic. As if by magic. But it wasn't magic. It was not. It was science. <laughs> That's right. So let's uh, let's continue with our special live Star Talk Radio with Bill Nye and go to Eric in Illinois, who wants to know what Eric. Well, first, uh, I want to thank Bill for uh, inspiring me as a as a young person to go into science and uh, go through it all the way through college. Uh, I was actually a high school science teacher for a while. Oh, right on! Um, thank you for your service. Oh, yeah, you're very welcome. So, uh, my question is. Um, what can everyday people do to combat climate change? Well, what I used to say was vote. Voting is the most important thing we can do uh, to establish new policies, new regulations that we need. Now, regulations, everybody, are now perfectly analogous to a machine. This is to say, if you, the machine to do whatever it's going to do, you want it to have all the parts it needs 
but no more. You don't want it to have any extra parts, and you also don't want it to not have enough parts. It won't work. So when it comes to regulations, we want all the regulations we need and no more. And so uh, voting is how regulations are established. Now, of course, yes, of course, uh, it's great to not throw away recyclable water bottles. Do you drive an electric? Do you own a car, Eric? I do. It's it's a company vehicle. Um, I've anyway, suggested for years that they switch to uh, you know hybrids. Anyway, or electric after vehicles. you have an electric car, you'll never go back. Do you own a house? I do. So the single biggest thing you can do to save energy is to replace the windows with modern windows. It's so a very true. expensive bunch of messing around. But Bill, it pays for itself. It does pay for itself. It's surprisingly <laughs> quickly, less than 10 years. And mm-hmm. so uh, 10 years, I know if you're a young person, sounds like a long time, but in homeowning, it's sort of a day at the office. And the whole th- the thing that's surprising to everybody until you stop and think about it is everything every single one of us does affects everyone on earth. Well, Wait a minute. Because we all share the air. There is nobody that you're going to interact with actively who's not breathing. He's not breathing this yeah. stuff. And so every time you can conserve or not put carbon dioxide or unburned methane in the atmosphere, uh, that's good for everyone on Earth. So literally turn out the lights in the room when you're not in it. That's a real thing. That's a real thing. If everybody turns out every light that doesn't need to be on, we would probably have a substantial amount, I'm going to say shooting from the hip, four times as much electricity for free if we did that one thing. It's the coral approach. The coral approach. The coral approach. Yeah, it's tiny, tiny little creatures. Little zoazanthelli. Zoazanthelli. Doing their coral thing. That's right. And, and then you get a giant reef. That's right, collectively. But, a huge reef. But every one so of them, just tiny yes, little, yes, tiny, 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 little tiny, tiny corals. Yes. Doing just their thing. Making uh, little like shells. That. What yes. are we building? We should build something. Uh. <laughs> All right, let's move on, because uh, we're running out of time. We are up against it. And let's go to uh, Rob from Ontario, Canada, who wants to know what. Rob, say hello to Bill. Hey, Bill, how's it going? I grew up watching your show, huge fan. Uh, TV uh, Ontario? Yeah, yeah. The Crawl Space we, we, we with Kevin and Patty? The internet here in Canada now. Give them my best. Anyway, you have a question about uh, yep. global warming. Yeah, so uh, just as uh, some context, so there's been a lot of documentaries recently regarding uh, animal agriculture and uh, contribute, contribution of methane gas to the atmosphere. And I'm just curious if you can clarify what is the more significant uh, contributor to global warming, uh, methane or carbon dioxide? Oh, it's ca- you guys, due respect, methane is more powerful as a greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide, but there's much, 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 much more carbon dioxide than methane. So uh, I'm not saying that animal husbandry or uh, agriculture isn't a significant uh, contributor to global climate change, but if you're asking this or that, carbon dioxide is the big one. This is, okay. you guys, this, I don't make this rule. It's just how it is, everybody. And um, if you watch the film, Bill Nye Science Guy, which I had no creative control over, you can see Dr. Jim White from University of Colorado who points out that greenhouse gases are warming the world. That's what they do. That's all they do. That's what he says. And he also goes on to say that he believes in God, and he's a very deeply religious guy, but nevertheless... Carbon dioxide and methane cause uh, keep the world warmer than it would be without them. So there you have it. 
Okay. Thank you. Hey, Rob. I mean, um, Rob, thank you so much. Uh, Let's go to Lupe in Texas, who wants to know about education. Lupe, say hello to Bill Nye. Uh, Hello, Mr. Nye. What is it going to take? Because I see, like, our state here in Texas, where the educational system is really going away from science. But, I mean, for all the problems we create for ourselves here on this planet, I know we can solve them through science and conservation. But without... How we how do we get to the point where we're actually applying that versus just talking about it? Well, first of all, you listen to Star Talk. I think that's the most important thing you could. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but uh, be raising hear- raising awareness is really important. And I, I as I say all the time, if you want to do something about climate change, I'm not kidding, everybody. If we were talking about it, if we were talking about it the way we talk about the president's tweets, or we talk about whatever became of these uh, soldiers in Niger, if we were talking about climate change the way we talk about those issues, or uh, the latest thing with uh, Hollywood and um, uh, the interaction of men and women there, if we were talking about climate change the way we talk about those things, we'd be getting her done. We'd be getting her done. Getting her done. And so this is an opportunity, you guys, to... uh, Raise awareness. And if you have people in your life, I can imagine in Texas especially, you have people who don't want to accept the reality or consequence of climate change, ask them why. Why don't you believe that? What makes you think the evidence from the ice cores, uh, what just happened with Hurricane Harvey and uh, all this are not, or Irma, are not uh, real and dangerous things? What What is it that that gets you, that makes you think this isn't happening. So everybody, the evidence scientifically is overwhelming. We just have this extraordinary circumstance where the fossil fuel industry has been successful in introducing the idea that plus or minus 2% is somehow the same as plus or minus 100%. So talk about it, Lupe. Talk about it with your friends. And Get out there, Lupe. Save the world. There you go. Get out there and be safe, Lupe. So listen, here's what I'm going to do here because we are up against the is end of it. Is it the lightning it. round? It, it's not even a lightning round. So uh, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, Will, you grew up with Bill. You've been waiting for him for uh, to, for 27 minutes. Just say hello to Bill Nye for me, Will. Will, are you there? Will. I'm here. I'm here. Just say hello to hey, Bill. I, can't, I don't have time for your question. Just say hello to Bill, please. Ah. Uh, Sorry, buddy. Okay. Well, here's what's happened, Um, Will. You grew up watching my show. What do I recommend to kids today? There's all bunch of people emerging on the internet uh, that are doing the same sort of thing. uh, Uh, Derek Muller, physics girl Diana Cowern, space gal Emily Calandrelli, and ASAP Science. Those people are emerging, uh, filling the role that the Science Guy show filled in a different media era. Take it, Chuck. Fantastic. And uh, listen, Mike from Long, and thank you, Will, and thank you for your patience and holding. Mike, you've been holding for a long time, too, and uh, please say hello to Bill. You cannot ask your question, but say hello to Bill. Hey, Bill. What do I think people, why do I think people don't accept scientific truths? We're chipping away. Look how popular Star Talk is. Turn it up loud, everyone. There you go, Mike. Thanks for hanging in there and being so patient. We really appreciate you. So listen, this has been a special Star Talk Live Radio with Bill Nye. My name is Chuck Nice. Thank you for being with us. I want to let you know that if you want to know about the film, please go to BillNyeFilm.com. Right on, Chuck. And uh, October 27th through November 2nd at the Landmark Sunshine Theater Unless here in New York. Unless it's a hit. Unless it's a hit. Then it will be expanded. <laughs> and it will be expanded. And, and uh, 20, 19 other theaters. 
theaters. 19 other theaters. So go to BillNyeFilm.com to find out where their screenings will be. Also want to let you know that everything that you would like to find about Star Talk Radio, whether it is Star Talk, Star Talk Playing with Science, which is a sports and science mashup show, or um, Star Talk All Stars can be found at StarTalkAllAccess.com. And uh, I am going to say goodbye, but I'm going to let Bill Nye have the final word. Uh, thanks for listening to Star Talk, you all. Working together, we can embrace the process of science, reach a common understanding, and dare I say it, save the world! <laughs>